Murder Mountain. 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 Murder
with absolutely brutal conditions, Chris, in the gulag. Yeah, coldest so, inhabited the place gulag. on that. Yeah, Chris, Not, Joey, he loved that, uh, the, the, the gulag. gulag. Yeah, <laughs> so we had some fun with that. But it was estimated 250,000 to a million people died as that uh, became part of the road, literally worked to death and then covered up in the construction of the road that went on for more than 20 years under the dictator who's definitely going to need to be a subject of a podcast <laughs> oh, one day, Stalin. Right. Joseph Stalin. Actually, I think he was on the list a couple times and... He got nixed for somebody more exciting, but right. when it comes to brutal, he would be a good one to do. He's yeah. it was awful, um, and it's wicked. So if you missed that episode, go on and give it a listen. It was just a a bonus though because we uh, only covered that one topic, and uh, we were passing eight hundred to that one today. So that's right. cool. So Thanks. we appreciate that. Now tonight, guys, we got a good uh, one. As we mentioned, it's a four year anniversary. The night before, 420, uh, 419. I mean, there's so many funny references with tonight. Uh, and so we had thought last year, right after 420, I thought, man, we should have done Murder Mountain for right, an episode, right. but it was already too late. So I was like, man, next year, for we, next year for we got to do that. We looked at so. the calendar and she was like, oh, dude, it's perfect. And timing. it turns into our four-year anniversary. So right. it was just such a cool thing. So, uh, you know, it was with just, you know, our first show being April 18th of 2018 makes this, you know, our, uh, you know, four year anniversary. So it it's kind of literally crazy. a day off. So like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a cool thing. And we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys listening. So we really, really appreciate that. Uh, Murder Mountain is the name of an area in Northern California known as the Emerald Triangle which is a three-county area where the best pot farms are located. Fuck yeah, dude. Perfect conditions, very remote, you know, rural area, um, but comes with some serious fucking violence, which is why the area was nicknamed Murder Mountain, and we'll talk about that in, appropriately, the murder segment. So should be a fun one to do tonight. Hell yeah. Um, I got the horns tonight, yes, gentlemen, do. and I am going to be hitting Europe. It's been a while since Europe. somebody's had the horns. It's yeah. been a couple weeks. I know. Like, it's, it real. has been a while. Uh, with the bonus episodes and the CK episode, we yeah, missed like, a couple weeks. But I'm excited. I got them tonight, and I'm going to be talking about the Belgian death thrash band Schizophrenia. I love oh, those guys. Yeah. Really fucking wicked. Uh, just released a new album, and I had a chance to interview three of them recently. And I got about six uh, minutes or so of that 35-minute interview. Yeah. So we'll do that in the uh, metal segment. And uh, Joey, you got a lost classic for us. Tonight. I got a lost classic, all right. I've been jamming it in my car. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So that'll be good. We'll do that in metal, of course. Now, the killer cage match tonight, guys. Yeah. That's when we have our listeners provide random numbers on our Facebook page and help us decide... Who's going to fight to death in the steel cage? So, Chris, who's... Yeah, tonight we have uh, Ray 10-Gallon McFalls. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn, dude. 10-Gallon. 10-Gallon. <laughs> we got Gummo Wall Bacon. Hell yeah. What up? And we got Samantha Cram out there getting it. What is going on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, 10-Gallon. Yeah, now. where'd He's, that come from? Wasn't he big sexy? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy's kind of, you know, high on himself. 
Now, tonight we got a good one going on in the cage, Joey. Who's, man, this is about as brutal as it's going to get. <laughs> and, yeah. and probably pretty funny. I can't wait to see the objects and variable. But uh, we have uh, fighting. We have the big fucking hoss that will fucking serve you up a barbecue of human. <laughs> Joe Metheny, Metheny, however <laughs> you want to say it. It's big Joe. Big old hoss. Big Dude, hoss. That's the whole reason we're doing the podcast yeah. is when we were at that wedding. And we were talking about Joe Metheny. And we were talking yeah. about Joe Metheny at this like wedding reception. And this guy was eating. And he like got up and like went to another table <laughs> because awesome. we're talking about Joe Matheny. So, if you really want to give credit where credit's due, Chris, the four year <laughs> anniversary thanks to Joe Matheny. So it's ironic Joe yeah. is one of the two. Hell yeah, fighting and who's he going up against? And he's going to go up against an old school guy. He's going to go up against Vlad, Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. Hell. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Vlad the Impaler, oh, Vlad Dracula, brutal as hell, impaling people on stakes. Uh, he just got him skewered up for Joe to eat and shit and sell. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Well, I was all about them. Uh, we wrote a song in Low 12 called uh, Forest of the Impaled, which was a short instrumental. And then I wrote a song called Heads on Sticks, and it was about uh, right, Vlad yeah, the yeah, Impaler. Vlad. So, yeah, fucking brutal shit. So those two... Should be a good one and a hell of a matchup with two objects and a variable to make it interesting. And we'll Ugh. do that, of course, in Mayhem. So that's a favorite part of the show. Thanks to everybody that's out there listening to uh, Murder Metal Mayhem. We keep seeing the numbers coming in. This week was a little down only because we did a bonus episode. It was 2,600 listens, so that's cool. So yeah. thanks to everybody that, that digs it and you know share it. Talk yep, about appreciate it. Appreciate all you guys doing that. Put it on grandma's fridge. Whatever you got to do, get I mean, some people not? to check it out. Dude, my freaking kids got it on their shit. They take to school, and I'm like, I don't know if you should have that. They're like, it's okay, Dad. <laughs> all right. So yeah, so uh, we do appreciate it. So you guys, we got a lot on our plate tonight. Taking a trip west to the green hmm. or uh, emerald triangle. Hopefully stay away from those crazy pot farmers who might want to turn us Shit. into some fertilizer for the crops. So. Hell yeah, man. Let's get a reefer on, bro. Fuck yeah, man. Some Misery Index. Uh, nice. Brand new Misery Index song, Zombie Prescription. Pretty fucking nasty. They got a new album coming out Next in month. May. So yeah, I'm fucking stoked for that shit. I've been jamming them today. Is Zombie Prescription the new fucking wave of COVID? <laughs> I don't know. Damn, Possibly. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be slamming as fuck, man. We did that interview with the drummer adam jarvis such a good dude Hell yeah. used to be in a band from uh, the danville area called all will fall and he used to play shows with us back in the day and he'd been such a a, a very nice guy very down to earth even though he's been like 
doing like crazy great shit. Just still his own dude. He's still his old self. You know, he comes home, visits his folks, and he likes to go see local shows. We saw him at a couple of ours. Hell yeah. And he's just a great guy. So I'm I'm glad to see Misery Index coming out with some new shit. Now tonight we're gonna be taking a little uh, trip onto some Murder Mountain. That's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, <laughs> others know it is the Emerald Triangle, but Murder Mountain sounds pretty brutal. Um, whatever you call it, it's the largest marijuana growing region in the United States. And this would That's be a Humboldt. lot of weed because there's a lot of motherfuckers that smoke weed. In this oh, my country. God. And the number of farms up there is yeah. like unbelievable. And it's been that way since, since the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's where huge cultivation like started. OG, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about Humboldt, which is the one everybody knows, Trinity and Mendocino counties in northern California that form an upside down triangle. Um, and it's an area, you know, also known as to be very lawless. You got this rural, you know, environment, lots of money being made. So you got people that want to protect that money. It's fucking middle they of the get woods. some brutal, like Sopranos shit going on up there. Uh, from what, you know, from what I take from what I watched and listened to. But, you know, there's going to be differing opinions like there are in all these stories we do. So we'll For talk sure. about all that. And anytime you get fucking big quantities of drugs and therefore right. money, right. always some shit's going to go People down. People are going to do dumb shit, yep. you know. So many kids have gone there for jobs, uh, you know, never to be seen again. And that was the whole basis of the series that was on Netflix called Murder Mountain. Um, and like most of those, though, you know, you do hear from that person that put the, uh, you know, documentary together. And so people might say they have an opinion and they're kind of swaying it. That was the deal with right. making a murderer. Right. All that, you yeah. know, people Pretty were much everyone. People were count, you know, they were uh, questioning the validity of the story because of the way it was told. I don't know. Um, so we're going to explore some of those different uh, opinions here. Uh, tonight now chris this sounds like a place we might need to do a remote podcast from someday i don't know what do you think about that i'm cool with it fuck it like right in the middle of a, some pot like, farm you know what up guys surrounded by weed <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. come be on just, the show we just have to just ask them to please be nice you know no, just i, I don't want to get what beat was that up dudes and, the humboldt cure yeah uh that company right yeah what, what the du dookie fucking uh oh the dookie brothers yeah the dookie brothers yeah, yeah like, but yeah them dudes all seem cool like i'd hang out with them and shit <laughs> uh so joey have you seen uh you seen the netflix series then? i i watched the last half of it so i saw three of the six the last three um it was very popular when it came out so i've seen other things about about it before right. this but it was cool that i went over to chris's yesterday and he was watching so i got to see that cool i also saw one of the biggest gripes about this documentary is that they it was so repetitive and they kept showing the same thing over and over and over as that they could the have made yes. the six hour documentary two hour and got everything out so in light of that i feel like i probably saw most of what they had to Basically, say yeah, yeah. That, and that's how a lot of them are they they spend like the first 10 minutes catching, catching you, up you up on what yeah. happened 
It's like, dude, you know I'm binge watching this. I just I know, watched like, this. Yeah, and so they do tend to <laughs> yeah. be like that. They could stretch them out just because yeah. they sell more, you know, whatever. I don't know. Did you say that? Fucking... I know it's a business, but, you know, right. like you said, it could have been summed up. Yeah. And a good two-hour documentary would have been, like, perfect. Like I said, know? so I didn't see exactly all of it, but I felt like what I saw and compared to oh, what yeah. I fucking researched, like, I got... Crazy shit. But uh, did you see that fucking meme? It was like, uh, it's like... Watch it Netflix. Hey, want to watch a movie for 10 hours? And you're like, fuck no. Hey, you want to watch 10 parts for an hour of this doc? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. fucker, I'm <laughs> in. Yeah. Totally, man. It's easy to get sucked into yeah, it, man. For I've, sure. I've been there many, many a times. Now, they started seeing uh, people leaving the larger cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco during the 1960s. Which would have been common, you know, throughout the United States. Uh, people moving away from the cities, Hippies, going into the suburbs or beyond because they just fucking want to get away. So this area we're talking about, guys, is 300 miles north of San Francisco. Um, so we're talking about the northernmost part of uh, California in that one corner of the state uh, where, we're, where this area we're talking about. Uh, most of these people were hippies and wanted to live off the grid and grow their own food and yeah. just disconnect from society. They just didn't want to deal with it, you know? Like, we can do our own thing. We can. Peace yeah. and love. Fucking yeah, and they the started earth. growing pop because they like to smoke marijuana and they're in the perfect climate for it. Right. So it was like yeah. a no-brainer. I mean, they're already growing and, their own food and everything. Yeah, anyway. I mean, like, they weren't bothering whatever. anybody. Um, so you saw an influx of guys also returning from Vietnam in the 70s oh, yeah. that were, you know, smoking lots of marijuana there and coming home and then taking LSD um, and other drugs potentially. But, you know, they were suffering from PTSD and we found them that marijuana was helping them out and just preferred living off the grid, you know, saw some bad shit, I'm sure. And. Just don't want to deal with society. And the hippie's going to be bringing them in. Like, we didn't want you over there either. So it's all a communion now. Yeah. So, it, you know, it was just an area of people that didn't want to go with the status quo. They just wanted to do their own thing. I, I Very individualistic. I... Totally cool. I get it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I got some of that kind of uh, inspiration as well. But these people definitely took it. To you the know, extreme. All in, yeah. yeah. I wonder if fucking, like, when George Lucas and them were fucking shooting fucking Star Wars out in the fucking sequoia with trees and shit, you know? So they did that whole fucking scene out there oh, wow. in Northern California. Oh, okay. And fucking, I wonder if they were just out there blazing with the locals and shit. Probably. Fucking Harrison Ford and shit, <laughs> <Probably>. you know? <laughs> so. Why wouldn't you? Then? Yeah. At first, it was people growing for their own use, as we mentioned, on kind of a small scale. But once people realized how much fucking money they could make <laughs> from growing pot and selling it on the black market, then you just see this rush, like the gold rush going on up there. People growing, you know, large amounts of weed. And then um, they got their farms and they're like, oh, yeah. now I need somebody to work for me. Yeah, and so this becomes like a legit business. So there's a lot of people working on these farms. And at the time, it was illegal in the U.S. to grow, sell, or do anything with marijuana. And, of course, we all know that changed dramatically as the years went on. But we're talking about, you know, an era when that was not cool. Fuck Nancy Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) The 1980s, you know, the state really cracked down on the pot farms and actually used National Guard troops 
to drop in and fucking some of that torch footage that is shit. like really all this over some people like not right. bothering anyone exactly they're just exactly. living out on their own with their families like with kids for real like national guard like you said rifles helicopters just yeah. come in over some weed. like a military operation yeah. just to cut these plants down and Chris, I mean, these pot farmers loved the area because it was so remote. And you didn't see a lot of police up to this point, right? Yeah, until they started growing. Their- Dude, it was so remote. These motherfuckers were out there building all their homes and everything straight up naked. Right. With motherfucking everything. <laughs> yeah, straight up, only thing that they're wearing a tool belt, dude, out there building houses. It's just like. You guys really just don't give a fuck and don't want people to fuck with you, do you? Yeah, but no, like, they really didn't. Yeah, there was nobody out there bothering them until they started making a little bit of money. Then it right. get turned all into re- dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. So, Joey, just like most things, though, the police would start to find ways to locate these farms and would be busting them just kind of randomly. They really never knew when it was going to come, right? Right, yeah, and I mean, they had the fucking, back then they could do that because, you know, everything about it was illegal. Right. And from what, you know, I've I've heard from that area and shit, a lot of what went on then as far as like any kind of bus would be like, uh, you don't so much got your fucking, your locals who are fucking rooted in those areas that are doing their thing, but you get somebody that moves in on the territory and starts growing up there. Usually it's an outsider. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, the speculation is that possibly the locals and the cops working together, like, yeah, go bust this, these guys get them out of here that gives you guys a bust on your record that gets right. them out of our territory because we don't want them here right so i don't know how much validity there is to that but i definitely have heard that growing up and shit about that area yeah i i could see where you know these police you know once the feds start you know bringing down the heat then you know the police are gonna have to do something yeah so you know now, we're talking about an area that's like 12,000 square miles. Uh, the total population of the Emerald Triangle, I read, was about 250,000 people. Uh, the largest city is Eureka, Eureka. Uh, which is in Humboldt County. And it's got about 50,000 people, County, so pretty good-sized you know, city. Um, isn't Eureka in Tazewell County? Uh, yeah, there is, <laughs> there is one, but not this one. Uh, this one is in a much faraway place uh, here in the Emerald Triangle. So most of the area is very rural, secluded, as we mentioned, very densely wooded. Uh, there are parts that are extremely mountainous. Humboldt County is along the West Coast and they're is mother- the most well-known for the pot farm. They're motherfucking redwood trees, though, dude. Yeah. God damn. Huge. Yeah, God and forests damn, and forests dude. and forests. Of these huge redwood trees. Yeah, it's unbelievably beautiful up there. Um, They say the triangle grows a little bit bigger each year with people trying to grow and kind of, you know, on the outskirts. So this area has grown considerably. Add a foot this year, add a foot this year, add a foot this year. Yeah, and you've got like companies moving in there oh, doing fuck this yeah. stuff. Yeah, this is like an operation. That's like the U.S.'s most fertile growth spot. So now, oh yeah, oh yeah, we legalize it. But guess what? Now we're going to come and put our fucking footprint in here too. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point, dude. Um. So you know, it's the perfect place for this. 
Um, and as they show in Murder Mountain, uh, the docuseries, there are some illegal farms Um, and they also, you know, find the legal ones. So there were some that were doing it legal and some that weren't. Um, The town of Alder Point, which is kind of the focus of this whole series, is seems to be what they would call like a ground zero for the whole Murder Mountain thing. Yeah, that whole series, yeah. Yeah, and again, you know, there's differing opinions about it. Some people say that you know series you know was exaggerating. Whatever we're going to get into. I don't this. care. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it was definitely other interesting than all the repetition, watch. like Joey said. Yeah, yeah. It, remember, like the longer you watch, you're like, wait, is this about murder? No, this is just a weed documentary. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. I was yeah. like, this is yeah. Even I about mean, murder. there's this not you know, other than the stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are the there are homicides, and, of course. So yeah. that's definitely part of it. But yeah, right. a lot more weed involved. Yeah, which was much cool. more weed. <laughs> discussions going on. Yeah, on there. then there is fucking murder. Yeah. Now, uh, we know that marijuana is still illegal on the federal level. So these pot farmers Hopefully exist under soon. the threat of being raided by the feds, right. which is fucked up. Um, the legal grow at least doesn't have to worry about the state or local cops since they pay the fees and taxes that are associated oh, they have with so growing many marijuana. Not, not so oh, it's. So a lot much, of hoops to jump yeah, through. Yeah, documentation that they have to have that's fucking... Yeah, it's it's a huge fuck? thing. So it, you know, it comes with a price. But, you know, they're making some big cash because it's the best pot, you know, in the United States. Uh, with all the money involved in this billion-dollar industry, it's no wonder that some of these pot growers resort to violence when it comes to people fucking with their livelihood. You know, somebody does something stupid and one of these farmers gets fucking serious because this is their livelihood. This is this is a lot of money. So So like you don't see these goddamn corn farmers coming in and fucking <laughs> like we're in the middle of these fucking cornfields. You don't see That's just true. like hey, you owe me this. They're much just hanging money out just... at Casey's drinking coffee. Right. right. Well, why the fuck all of a sudden I mean it doesn't make sense to because I guess because that's all on the best market is the black market. They got to guard. They got to guard their anhydrous tanks from the meth addicts. They do have to do that. That's yeah. true. That's but, true. But not nearly like this. But this right. is a lot more money. You know, dude, this is fucking crazy. Though I'm like, wait, these corn farmers don't do that. <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah, when it comes down to money, the states are finally getting the idea, Chris, that if they tax it, they can make some fucking money, and that's what. Illinois is seen here since it's been legal now, what, a couple years? I don't know. The roads don't fucking show it, dude. They're still a piece of shit. <laughs> no, the roads are awful, man. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, where the fuck are they spending this money? I don't God know. damn, man. Uh, <laughs> speaking about the docuseries Murder Mountain, in some of the research I did for this episode, I came across some interviews with pot farmers that back up the claims of rampant violence and this lawlessness of the area. But some say that the docuseries was not correct uh, in its portrayal of the area and, of course, sensationalized the violence, which, of course, I mean, you're not going to do a documentary without some drama. You know, that's what they want. And that, of course, you know, sells it. So uh, that's understood but I get it. If that's right. where you're from, you, you probably wouldn't like anything. To bad. me, this tried to make fucking marijuana look bad because, like, right. all these people are killing each other to grow weed for you guys. Like, it, it, so fuck that. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be smart to go in. I say and, about that at the end of this. <laughs> you know, I think it makes sense to do it legally. Um, right. And then at least you're not having to deal with, you know, the cops and probably less of the lawlessness stuff when it's like a company and it's fenced off yeah. and security and all that. I mean, you still got, like I said, that's a business you're always going to have the the possibility of there being some kind of drama or, or crime or something happening. Right. And you got the same thing. We got the dispensaries here in town. Motherfuckers try to rob them and for you sure, know, definitely break into them or whatever. Right. Damage over the some property weed, dude. over some weed. So, yeah, you know, it's going to happen no matter where it's at. That's true, man. And, and it sucks because especially like if you're living up there and you got this badass land, right. you probably got this really nice house and you're staying there and you're always got to be fucking like, man, uh, it's crazy because I, I saw somebody that was from up there that they were interviewing and they were talking about how, you know, they were asking the validity of the documentary about them showing up with the guns when the cops showed up. And the guy's like, well, yeah, because we're so fucking far out in those places, you can't just believe that these people are going to be who they say they are. Right. You know, and the probability is that uh, if anybody is coming serious for you, they're coming SWAT style. So they're going to be tons of shit coming at you. Right. If it's just one or two people, you better find out who that is because it right. could be some trouble. So, yeah, if it's a cop, you're going to walk out, you're going to have your fucking gun on you. And then whenever they fucking, you know identify themselves or whatever then you can be cool with it but it's not illegal for them to have their gun on their property so they're gonna make sure that you know sure yeah it's fucking crazy but these people are they're living super far away from any reason for there to be anybody out there they don't know right and i mean joey just calling it murder mountain of course is going to draw viewers which is the same reason why we're using it in the name of the episode right um, it definitely gets people's attention. Oh, what's that all about? You know, and, and I told Chris, I mean, that's fucking. It's almost basically like clickbait. It, it kind of yeah. like you see that you're like, oh, Murder Mountain. And it's not so much about, it, but there is some murder in it. Yeah. Uh, this fucking, you know, one of the another dude I was watching this up there at the interview, and he was like, he was like, man, the name Murder Mountain. That's fucking hilarious to me because I just call that normal Humboldt. He was like, you want to see some fucked up shit, go to Eureka. He's like, go over there and try to pull some shit and see what what comes up, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, he was like, they just use that mostly for the documentary, like you said, you know, right. for, to, to have the name fucking draw attention. But, sure. I mean, the shit is happening up there. And, yeah, it does sound cool. It's the same thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre sounds cooler than Wisconsin Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Delaware Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. yeah. i wouldn't even watch that i don't think now chris we talk about that quite a bit uh how our listeners shouldn't just go to one source you want to get some different uh, viewpoints whenever you're trying to learn about something wouldn't you agree with that i mean yeah i did a couple other ones i watched this but uh and then there's a couple but definitely get other ideas because there's other thoughts out there that people have right yeah, you don't want to just watch one thing and be like, oh, you know, those people are all fucked up. Well, right. no, you know, there's plenty of them that aren't, you know. And also have your own thoughts about it, too. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. they fucked up. Yeah, you like, might agree with part of one thing and part of another thing. Come up with your own way of looking at the situation. Um, that's what I love about how we do shit, because I feel like no matter what the subject is, we all come into it with our little parts. And yeah. Fucking, I think we cover 
most shit or at least touch on you know uh what's out there right exactly so i think we do really good with that i try to i mean i know we all do i know i try to if i can if there's a book available on the subject and i have enough advance um you know, I I try to get the books and read about it. Fucking audio nowadays with podcasts and YouTube videos. I mean, you almost need to don't. You know, you could pretty much do everything you need to do there, and of course, Google and stuff, and reading articles because I've read a lot of stuff like in Rolling Stone. I think uh, I can't remember the one I reference in here. I think it was Rolling Stone, but really good articles, very thorough, uh, and obviously you're looking at reputable information that was you know, checked and dates and so forth. Uh, Anyway, um, so Murder Mountain six-part series came out on Netflix in 2018, and I saw it soon after it came out. I really didn't know a thing about the Emerald Triangle or the violence, but the show, of course, drew me in with the title. I wanted to check it out. I like true crime. And so, of course, I'm the algorithm, you know, perfect candidate to watch this. Um, and it's the story of Garrett Rodriguez, the 29-year-old who left home to get a job in the cannabis industry and was found murdered in 2013. Uh, his father is a big part of that series. He searches for his son, and you learn that there are a lot of people coming up missing there, Chris. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, he was missing for a long-ass fucking time, dude. And... Uh... Even when people were saying stuff to the cops about it, they're just like, no, we don't care about it. Like, Yeah, they didn't them. seem like they cared a whole lot, but of course they criticized, we'll get to that, of how they were portrayed. But <laughs> some of it didn't really look like they were giving a whole rat's ass about this kid because no, he was working up there and, and they didn't want to deal did with it. it. And people know? knew who did it. Yeah, but they were, uh, you know, the cops were saying like fucking... Well, this whole time, you guys haven't wanted us around at all. Right. And now you want us And now you want us to come out there, you know, and fucking this whole time, you haven't fucking shown us any kind of respect or whatever, you know. I'm sure now with uh, the legalization, there's probably a lot more of them working together with the the growers and shit. But back then, it was like, yeah, fuck you, you stay over there. Okay, fuck you, you stay over there. Like gangland shit. And and so now they're fucking calling them to fucking come help them. And they're like, oh, really? Right, right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a sad story. You know, this kid's missing, like you said, Chris, for a long time. Uh, the police in the area had a lot of negative things to say about the docuseries. It makes them look bad, which they did. Um, they don't like, you know, you know, like they don't give a fuck about these young people. But I didn't get the feeling that they, they seem to care a whole lot. But when you're talking about the number of people missing, I mean... <laughs> To their defense, I mean, it would become staggering. And, like, can you look concerned about one when you've got a mountain of 1,500 of them a year ending up missing? I mean, that's fucking crazy. But who knows how many of these people did just leave. But also, at the same time, you should check every every source you have. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of shit going on that nobody really knows, you know. And that's why I think it's got this stigma about it. Um, and I'm sure there's some truth in this whole thing, but oh, yeah. you know, like we saw with making a murderer, people love shit, you know, the drama and it sells. And so companies like Netflix love covering this sort of stuff and we like watching it i mean i i'm just as guilty as anybody it else. was interesting but the the unfortunate thing about the documentary to me 
is the way that it was uh, was laid out was ex- which these are all successful, so don't get me wrong. Like Sugar Babe, or like fucking, you know, uh, the Making a Murderer, or like fucking, where they just, the even Tiger King, that guy, right? Oh, yeah. Fucking, it's like they try to fucking capitalize on these fucking people who are like super unfortunate looking, or like right. Chris said, these are fucking rednecks with weed. Right. That's what he said. And that's that want to be left the fuck alone. Right. If these, if these dudes were all just like fucking super square monotone business people it wouldn't be fucking fun nope. to watch but the fact that fucking redhead daves and that shit <laughs> right and, and you know that's what i'm saying yeah. these yeah. are all classic as fuck neil fucking all the motherfuckers yeah. like yeah. so so in in light of the fact of of the missing guy that they you know garrett that they originally did the fucking story about i feel like some of that gets overshadowed because what people yeah. are really watching is all the other stuff right so that's the only thing i'll say that i found unfortunate but it was still like you know entertaining awesome yeah yeah now joey when i was researching this i saw the link and i forgot all about this with michael and suzanne bear carson the san francisco witch killers Witch killers that was a great one that came from a page a day and we did that one a year ago it was june 2021 yep and what was that episode number? 142 142 so if you're listening to this tonight and you're like you know what (laughs) <laughs> I need a little more Emerald Triangle, Chris. They can go to 142 and hear yeah. that San Francisco witch killer episode. That was some crazy ass shit. Which I mean, and that's what's cool is like you know they were uh, they were serial killers, and we had done the episode on them. But right. they had spent time on Murder Mountain, yeah. with these people in like, the early 80s, yeah, in the in the weed you know in the weed game. They were probably helping them trim or do whatever, right? And basically hiding out up there, right? But that's partially why people call it Murder Mountain because. Because you had yeah. these murderers living on the fucking mountain. Yeah, and they killed two people up there, didn't they? They did, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, it's, Dude, it's fucked up. I think up. that's why we did them, though. Because you had seen that when it first came out. I think that's why we did them. You're like, because I want to do this on 420, but there's yeah. a story Make inside a the story, dude. Yeah, fucking. but that came from Page a Day, the the witch killer. Oh, it one. did, didn't yeah. it? But still, so, even that did. one was probably a long time ago. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's that funny how these things the kind of bat around for a while. Doing Murder Mill Man, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Carsons, though, were in Alder Point, which is that town we were talking about, the yeah. area considered to be the worst for the violence and people turning up missing. And that's where they hid, as you mentioned. Uh, I read in Rolling Stone uh, from 2018 that seven, 717 per 100,000 people go missing in Humboldt County every year. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a fucking lot. It's, it's, I think that's an awful lot, That's man. double the California state right, percent. Right. So it's a just lot. Just Humboldt County. Yeah, just in that county. So no matter what the people say about the docu-series overplaying the violent part of this... No, there's definitely some The fact that that many shit. people are missing... I mean, I know some of them move away and some of them become, you know, indigent or whatever the situation is. I get that. But to me, like Joey said, that's double the average of the state. state. That's crazy. Well, listen to this, though. So this is part of how they fucking they they mend that docu series to fuck with you. They give you that stat, and this is what one of the guys that lived there he was saying. They give you that stat: seven hundred seventeen people per one hundred thousand for a year, which is true. What they don't tell you after that is that Humboldt County in that area has the highest 
amount of solved cases on missing persons. Oh wow! Really? So that is that tells you how many more people. Right. So that's it. I mean, you got a lot missing, but if you're also solving the most amount of cases, you're finding a lot of them too. So it's weird. Like they pad shit a little bit to get you to check it out, but it is it is true. Yeah. But you got to hear the whole thing. So yeah, people just got to go check this shit out themselves. But yeah, yeah, I heard that too, and I was like, okay, because I was just like, damn, that's a lot of people gone missing. Fuck yeah. But then, and even the cops, the cops were saying that too. The the sheriff guy that they were they leave that out. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, our department, we have the highest amount of you know know, solved cases of missing persons. See how big these. This forest is. I don't know where to find people. Still, that's still a lot of people, and I think. it was the third, <clears throat> the third highest city in California, which was probably Los Angeles and fucking San Francisco were the only ones that would have higher missing persons. Right, and those places are fucking huge compared course, to this place. So of course, still a lot of people missing. Yeah, I mean, Chris, <laughs> the fact that it's the highest doubled the you know the highest uh, number of missing people's. No wonder why they got into the whole you know Murder Mountain and the the. The witch killers didn't help matters. Witch killers definitely <laughs> they kind of started the whole thing, is what yeah, I was no, told. That's like when just, it started. That's what I heard you know? too. Like yeah. You're just saying, dude. The whole fucking <laughs> thing is just violent anyway, and just leave me alone. Yeah. So filmmaker Josh Zeman is the guy who put the series together. I read where he was quoted in saying that not all the missing persons are victims of violence, as we mentioned. Some people go the, to the area to disappear and just live off the grid. So we were kind of saying that. Uh, there's some of that, you know, as well. I get that. Um, but that still seems to me a lot of fucking people. With 200,000 people, that's like 1,500 people a year in a county. Oh, yeah. That, to me, sounds like a lot of missing people. But so. that's like, like that in that 1,500, a lot of those are solved, right? Or is that just well, they have the highest rate of solving. Yeah, them, so it's hard to know tell what that okay, rate yeah, is. Yeah, what the know? number is. Yeah, because okay, I don't yeah. know what to what to base that off. Like, right. what other places have high success rates? Yeah, yeah I get what, so what, what percentage yeah. is considered high? I don't know. Uh, California passed Prop sixty four, which is what legalized recreational marijuana and put it uh, out there. You know, in the small pot farms, out of business with these high fees so to become legal it costs a lot of money and so people that were doing the small grows just could not do it legally so then that's where you get the black market shit going on see the black and that's going to be the thing yeah because people don't want to pay the high taxes right the docuseries shows both sides of it though the legal and illegal which was interesting uh, this area has also seen a rise in meth and heroin in addition to the marijuana issues uh, that comes from all sorts of violence, people jacked up on meth committing crimes. Well, yeah, Portland, pay drug Portland's habits. right above them said you can do all that shit all you want. Right, right. So, what the fuck you expect? Yeah, whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, like. I know, I know. But, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, watching Breaking Bad with Hall- you know, yeah. Albuquerque, you know, filled with a bunch of meth heads <laughs> and, you know, that kind of shit. I've been watching Better Call Saul yeah, here yeah, the last the season ones. of it, so. I'm all caught up on Saul. I'm pretty psyched to watch more of it. Now, Joey, I read that all the residents uh, or the residents in Alder Point claim the police could have done something to arrest those that, uh, you know, were associated with Garrett 
Garrett Rodriguez's murder, but chose not to um, because he was, you know, involved in illegal activity. Of course, the police don't agree with that. But right. What do you think? And that goes back when they were talking about that. Whenever I heard the sheriff talk about, you know, well, they never wanted us out there before. So oh, okay. all of a sudden they want us out for this case. But, sure. you know, the, the thing that fucking I thought was crazy, too, is like, OK, you got this kid, Garrett, that, you know, came up missing. And there's pretty credible chance that there's witnesses to what's going on. But all of a sudden, all three of the fucking you while well, there were eventually four witnesses but the three witnesses that they could have questioned all end up dead too right like to me that's like wait now you really should be checking shit out because there's obviously some kind of conspiracy or cover-up going on about this situation where somebody wants to shut these people up that are directly connected to this you know situation and i mean who the fuck knows like that's fucking big weed country up there right you could have fucking cartels from out of fucking the country probably or you know even uh you know domestic organized you know, outlets or whatever. Uh-huh. But man, these people could be coming in and taking care of that business and fucking nobody wants to fuck with that at all. Like right. he met a bad end. He was fucking with the wrong people. Right. Fuck that. Good. That tie is cut off from our area. Right. You know, it's weird. Like I can't remember. What was that movie? Uh, was it homegrown with John Lithgow and fucking Bon Jovi and fucking, I think it was. Yeah. Homegrown, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that fucking shit, basically that's what happened in that. It's John Lithgow gets killed, but he had been fucking with the fucking, the cartels. So uh-huh. all the other pot growers were like, Hey, whatever happened to him, we don't know nothing about it. And that's uh-huh. because he was bringing that shit into our territory. So fuck him. That's what it reminded me. Interesting. Of interesting. <laughs> now, Chris, I did see that the legal growers have started the true Humboldt brand, which is a collective, of 200 farms uh, that, you know, trying to stay in business against the large corporate farms. So that sounds kind of cool that they're trying to organize. Uh, Not just fucking uh, unionizing. Pretty much. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Like, yeah. unionizing how you grow weed. Yeah, it reminded me of the, the whole reason I did Heavy Core was to try to collect all the underground bands into a big organization. Right. To try to help each other. So, yeah, it's the same principle. That's cool. I mean, it just sounded like a good thing. Um, I also, you know, know that the towns in the Emerald Triangle don't like that negative publicity. I mean, you can't blame them because it scares away tourists. So the business owners definitely don't like it. Anybody working in the hospitality business definitely doesn't like it. And even those, you know, in illegal activities, the more people that are there, the more people are going to want to consume, you know, prostitution, you know, drugs, what have you, you know. So that's going to be more, you know, business if there's more people. So I get that. Um, I know it would be really concerning, you know, to go there on a vacation when you get that many people missing. I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't be the place to take a family. But see, and that's like some of the people that they were talking to, they're like, I feel fine going out with my family. I'll bring my kids anywhere. We can go camping, whatever. Yeah. He was like, it's the same as anywhere else. There's places you don't go fuck around in. Right. And and there's situations you don't put yourself in, and you're going to be fine. And, but, you know, if you're used to living in a place, then you have more of a sense of, you know, comfort, I guess, where somebody else comes in like, oh, this is kind of crazy here. Yeah, right? I, yeah I don't want to do this. But, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, that's a, even like since I was a fucking kid and started smoking weed and shit, like that's something you always heard about, 
you know, not even in California, like fucking Anywhere. other places. Like, you don't go fuck around in somebody's land if, with, if they got weed and shit because they might shoot the fuck out of you. Right. That's like for real. A yeah, thing. like even that went hand in hand. So that was like guns, drugs, and violence all in one, you know? Right, right. But, but you never thought nothing. It was like, yeah, no shit. You don't fuck around on somebody's shit. Yeah, and it's interesting to think, you know, from back then when they were fighting this in the 80s and so forth, but now how many states have begun to actually legalize yeah. it? So it's it seems stupid to make a plant illegal, you know. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I've seen a lot more chaos come from people drinking alcohol than I ever had from people smoking weed. Fuck yeah, yeah. bro! <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. I think they should just legalize it, tax I mean, it, let the people about it, get the benefits from it because a lot of people do. Beer you know? is plant based if you think about it. That's right. It is. That's true. Uh, so that's just my opinion. Guys, anything to add to this one? The only thing I got to add, and I'm going to go back to what Chris was saying earlier about, you know, it's kind of like anti weed and shit. Yeah, yeah. So upon further investigation about this uh, docuseries, yeah. Josh Zeman, who fucking did it. Right did it in cooperation with the police department and it was a full-on propaganda thing like okay you're legalizing the shit this is the violence that's coming out oh interesting to go even further into it the guys that he worked with were already doing a tv show called pot cops I did really? see an episode of that. Yeah, and so those dudes were doing that, and off of the public, the popularity of that, they got to do the docuseries with Josh Zaman, and he ended up following them, and they did the Murder Mountain. So it does seem a little bit more like, you know, a Netflix scripted... Right, right. Like, the shit happened, and there was definite facts, and I think that we covered that very yeah. well. Dude, the fucking... But the uh, way they portrayed it, I think, AP8, was... The AP8, dude. Yeah, that's how they found Rodriguez's body and shit. Right. They just went out there with motherfucking grab dude and shot him in his arm. Like where the fuck's the body? Yeah, like yeah, that that their vigilante justice, the man. vigilante justice, yeah. man. No, that's Pretty crazy that you said you saw an episode of that pot cops. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, we were watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could see, find him. I think on YouTube yeah. is where we found. I was him. gonna look at. I just saw it whenever I was uh, seeing. Yeah, some we of the watched. Research, I think an episode or two. I was yeah. like, dude, I need this. I bet that's the funniest. Shit. Yeah, it was pretty good stuff. <laughs> um, now I did my research with this one uh, again, watching Murder Mountain on uh, Netflix, plus other docu series and or documentaries I watched. On YouTube, and I mentioned that article from 2018, Rolling Stone, Hell yeah. had a really good one about it. Uh, talks about the series, but also the true, and kind of compares the two and makes some interesting things. And I added that to my discussions. I, you know, I'll tonight. always say, like, in my life, Rolling Stone has always done pretty fucking unbiased, they really do. I good mean, coverage we've, I we've used the, cited them a few different times, yeah. you know. Uh, really good stuff in there. I would have never thought of it as that, but it, it really is. Right. Um, so there is some good stuff out there. It, you know, again, look at different things. Don't just watch that series and go, oh, you know, this or that. Watch that if you're interested. But it's going to be a little bit of an exaggeration and yeah. hyped up. And as Joey mentioned, somewhat repetitive, but that's no different than any other. But like I said, it, it follows the basic formula for what a lot of these popular docuseries were doing. Right. So if you haven't seen it and you're into that shit, yeah, like definitely you're gonna fucking binge it for oh, sure. Oh yeah, probably. you'll binge it for sure. It's six episodes. Yep. 
Uh, now, next week, uh, we're going to be doing the case of Alan Legere, Joey, Fuck, going yeah. back up to Canada. Canada. Little monster of the Miramichi. That guy was brutal oh, as fuck. brutal, yeah. Uh, raping, murdering at least five in 1989. Terrorized that fucking area. Busted out of prison by hiding a little handcuff key in his bodily orifice. Uh, which one? I don't know. <laughs> You'll, <laughs> You'll have, have to, to stay tuned. You'll have to stay, stay tuned. tuned and find out. So, yeah. So he breaks out of prison, terrorizes this fucking area, doesn't even leave his hometown, just fucks with the people from his hometown. And it's funny because they mentioned Moncton a lot in the uh, documentaries about it, about him. And Moncton, they reference in Trailer Park Boys quite a bit uh, about the guys from Moncton. Like, yeah, there were some guys no they didn't shit. like from yeah. Moncton, so it's the same thing. Cyrus. So, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have our buddy Shane. He's our go-to guy. Uh, Shane Borchuk is going to be on with us. The yeah. guy from Winnipeg, he's a listener, a 666 clubber. He's a good dude, and we've had him on a couple times, and he's from Winnipeg, Manitoba, okay, but he's going to be... He said practicing his French Canadian for going over and talking about some Alan, Alan Legere. Is that like us doing a Southern draw? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, so he's going to be recording with me tomorrow night. Uh, we worked it out. I was trying to get it done before I leave to go out. Um, but uh, he's going to be doing that on Messenger, and he's going to be doing the voice of the Alan Legere commercial we, yeah. we got. Yeah. And I knew I needed to get it done before the episode. So I was like, dude, we got to get this done. <laughs> uh, they got pummeled up there with like 30 inches of oh, snow yeah. Yeah, over like three yeah. or four days. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, so, yeah, so that's next week. So that'll be fun with Shane with us. Uh, Joey, you got any good page a day for us? I do, but uh, I can't get started. Chris, you got my hitter over there? Oh, shit. Yeah, We're doing yeah. our 420 episode. I'm trying to fucking... Get your mind right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I got some. Uh, I got some page a day. Fuck yeah. Um, I whittled it down because last week I fucking just talked so fucking or whenever we did it. <laughs> the last one we did with Murder Complex that was a long one, uh, which was okay because the episode was short. Anyhow, so page a day. Thank you once again. Uh, this first one they're talking about is fucking Galileo. Galileo. So we're Galileo. going back to 1633, and yeah. Galileo Galilee, he found himself in the hot seat for the second time for discussing heliocentrism. So in 1616, he'd been forbidden by the Catholic Church from holding or defending views that the sun, rather than the earth, was the center of the universe. Uh, in the second Inquisition, Galileo argued that he didn't believe in heliocentrism. He just continued writing about the issue and the evidence as a means of discussion. That's what he said. So, <laughs> so like, hey, let me. Right. <laughs> so the Catholic Church, they maintained that geocentrism was an immovable truth told by Scripture, despite the fact that scientists had known for centuries that the <laughs> Earth was not the center of the universe. So Galileo was sentenced to three years of reciting the seven penitential psalms once a week and spent the next nine years under house arrest until his death in 1642. He was officially cleared of all charges by jo Pope John Paul II in 1992. Oh, my God. God yeah. damn. So don't fucking tell the Catholic Church that we're not the center of the earth. All right. Uh, this next one that we're doing is uh, about Mary Blandy. So 
she's a, a well-mannered, well-educated, and well-respected lady in her hometown of Henley, England. So it was a scandal when, in 1751, it was discovered that her betrothed, Captain William Henry Cranston, already had a wife and a second child in Scotland. So... He said that the marriage wasn't valid, and he traveled to Scotland several tri- times to get it annulled, but to no avail. And after months, Mary's father, Francis Blandy, he got tired of Cranston stalling. All his bullshit. Yeah, and he was like, like, this motherfucker, He was dude. like, you don't have any intention of leaving your wife. And he disapproved of the planned union between Cranston and, and his daughter, Mary. So what happened next is kind of unclear, as it's only Mary's recollections, but she claims that Cranston sent her a love potion to use on her father (laughs) so that he would approve of their relationship. The love potion contained lethal levels of arsenic. And when Mary put it in her father's food, he died. Oh my God. So the trial was controversial because some believe Mary's version of events, but most did not. And the rudimentary forensic testing for arsenic was considered revolutionary at the time. (laughs) Mary was found guilty and hanged on Easter Monday, April 6, 1752. Cranston, he somehow managed to escape justice, but he died in the same year as well from other causes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, shit. That's, That's fucking, fucking crazy. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hanged on Easter. Yeah, fuck this. Brutal. Uh, oh, and this is one of my, uh, in their own words that the, the page a day does. Yeah. And this is from Mary Blandy. Uh, this was her last words before being hanged for murdering her father. She said, for the sake of decency, gentlemen, don't hang me high. And that's because she feared spectators might look up her skirt when she was dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I, I mean, was in it when they it hang out, them bro. high is when they, like, choke out. Right, right. if they let them drop, yeah, they yeah. break their neck yep. and die, yeah. like, instantly. That's what I thought it was. All right, so here's something cool. Uh these are a couple serial killers and their fucking signs. Now we got some listeners. I'll give a shout out. Peggy Sue. She's fucking probably knows a little bit more Fuck about yeah. this, but she might find this interesting. So they talk about Eileen Warnos and Eileen Warnos. She's a Pisces. Now Pisces are typically uh, sweet dreamers, but many serial killers were born under this sign, including BTK, Richard Ramirez, and dude. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, damn. So, Pisces, watch out I, for them. Dude, I've seen this whole <laughs> list of killers and their fucking Zodiac. Yeah, I've seen that. And they're that. all the same fucking, yeah. like, three or four things. Dude. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, so, uh, the second one's Peter Sutcliffe. He was a Gemini. Uh, now, like the Yorkshire Ripper, Geminis are known to be charming and a weapon that many serial killers use to lure their victims in. So watch out for them. Ted Bundy, he was a fucking Sagittarius, which prized freedom, as did Bundy, who tried to escape from prison (laughs) twice. (laughs) Right. Uh, Jumping out of windows and everything. Here's one that doesn't fall into line. Gary Ridgway is an Aquarius. Yeah. I'm an Aquarius. So the Great River Killer is, you know, thought to be the most prolific serial killer in the United States. He was far from compassionate. And uh, (laughs) so so the usual Aquarius. Probably not a word I would use to describe Gary Ridgway. Uh, And then the last one they're talking about is H.H. Holmes. He's a Taurus. That's what I am. And they're talking about Holmes. He may have twisted the down-to-earth homebody nature of a Taurus with his notorious murder house. His Tauruses are usually, you know, pretty planted, but he, he made that a house. pretty planted. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, I got a couple more. Um, so 
This one, this came from a, uh, a headline in a newspaper. And the headline was, Ronald Tackman, escape artist better at art than escaping. So that's what we're going to talk about. Wait, what? Ronald Tackman, escape artist better at art than escaping. Okay. And, and, and they'll explain. <laughs> so... Ronald Tackman. Now, this dude wasn't the most threatening of criminals. His track record consisted mostly of using fake guns to commit petty theft to support his drug habit. But he did garner a reputation as one of the most creative criminals. So he spent most of his adult life in and out of prison, mostly in. Um, after his first arrest at age 16 for selling glue to teenagers looking to score a quick high. So he's selling these motherfuckers glue. You know you could go buy this yourself, right? So, (laughs) So... uh, due to multiple escape attempts, he was considered a security risk and spent most of his time in solitary confinement. That's at 16 when he first got locked up. Uh, so while he was there, he created elaborate paintings and sculptures with art supplies he made for himself out of the few materials he had in his cell. This dude's inmate innovation is fucking wow. awesome. He, uh, he used food coloring as paint. He fashioned paintbrushes out of his own hair. He mixed white bread and toilet paper to make paper mache. And he even carved detailed sculptures out of bars of soap. So like this dude's still creating art. He's like, you don't give me shit. Fuck you. I'm still going to do shit. Uh, Most of his original art had been lost, but he did sell a few of his pieces for several hundred dollars each. Uh, Obviously this was before the fucking Son of Sam. Sam Uh, So Tackman's escape attempts were just as creative, less successful, but they were as creative as his artistic endeavors. Um, his first two escape attempts occurred in 1985. In April, Tackman used a fake gun he'd fashioned out of soap, aluminum cans, and eyeglasses to hijack a prison bus. Oh my Fuck God. out of here, He locked dude. up the guards and freed his fellow inmates. But instead of joining the escape, the other inmates tackled him, turned him in, and were hoping to win reprieves for themselves. <laughs> so, so in November of the same year, 85, Tackman attempts to hijack another bus, but this time his phony gun ignited, exposing his bluff and the guards they were super unimpressed and they just grabbed him up (laughs) oh my god Uh, his most legendary attempt to flee occurred in 2009 when he broke free from an inmate line at a manhattan courthouse he slipped into an empty room changed into a gray three-piece suit two pairs of black socks one on his feet the other to cover up his orange inmate slippers and then posing as a lawyer tackman walked right out of the courthouse he he evaded capture for 36 (laughs) hours hours until police apprehended him after he tried to rob an ice cream store. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> the guy that was working wow. the counter at the ice cream store noticed that Tackman's gun wasn't real and wrestled him to the ground. <laughs> Tackman received 28 years to life for multiple robberies and the escapes and he died in prison in 2020. God damn. damn. So, <laughs> Ronald Tackman's inspiration uh he had a he had a buddy who was a fellow inmate in Attica in nineteen eighty named Buddy Jacobson. Buddy Jacobson walked out the front door of the Brooklyn Detention Center posing as a lawyer, also in a gray suit, which his cousin had slipped into him. Uh, Jacobson was a trainer of thoroughbred horses, and he was in the midst of one of the most sensational, expensive trials of the century. Tabloid headlines, jury room brawls, a $1.5 million price tag. 
He was accused of brutally murdering his neighbor, John Tupper, after Jacobson's girlfriend, who was model uh, Melanie Kane. She left him to move in with Tupper. Uh, Tupper's body was found by firefighters on August 6, 1978. He'd been shot, stabbed, bludgeoned to death, then left in a burning crate on an empty lot in the Bronx. Uh, Jacobson was found guilty of the murder, but escaped during sentencing. He was recaptured in Manhattan Beach, California, after 40 days on the lam and returned to New York to serve his 25-year sentence, and he died in 1989. Wow. So, yeah, crazy shit. So, So the last one I got, and this is because Easter just happened. Like, we're 420 in it, but it was just Easter. Right. So they're talking about... 2020. We all remember how fucked up that year was. 2020 was the best year ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, in 2020, Easter celebrations in the U.S. were largely disrupted because of the spread of COVID-19. Right. But that didn't stop a Florida woman, because of course she's from Florida. Of course. Everything's from Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, This woman's named Avril Sistoni from playing the Easter Bunny. She filled her neighbor's mailboxes with colorful plastic eggs that was packed with unconventional goodies including pornographic imagery, fish-shaped crackers, squares of toilet paper, powdered drink mixes, and pamphlets with information about local churches. According to Sestoni, the eggs were meant to be educational. She was charged with 11 counts of distributing obscene material, as well as driving with a suspended license and violating the stay-at-home order that was in place at the time. Oh, my God. (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck? So, yeah, don't go playing around as the Easter Bunny. Damn. So that was page a day. That page a day is good stuff. (laughs) Holy goddamn, dude. (laughs) Well, guys, we have done our share of murdering tonight. I think it's about time to crank up some metal and uh, do what we love to do. So, Joey, what the fuck do we need to do, man? Let's get all metal on. Just because CK has passed on, he's not done educating the masses. CK will forever be the great metal motherfucker. We're here to stomp poser ass and eradicate the planet of their kind. CK has passed the torch to us and we will forge the fuck on. In CK's name, we will bestow metal knowledge upon all of you. Hell yeah, man. CK. Metal motherfucker. CK looking at us over there at CCK with the colander still next to his head. He's uh, giving us the horns. CK would be proud. We're hitting the four-year mark, gentlemen. So here's to CK, the great metal motherfucker. And because of tradition. Speaking of giving horns. Thank you. Good call. I haven't done that. Joey giving me the horns because it is my segment tonight talking about the band that I picked. So uh, but, you know, CK would be so proud of this four-year mark, and, and he was such a big part of that. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people have commented about our tribute to CK oh, episode. Yeah. So if you miss that, boy, that would be a good one to go listen to. Uh, interviews with his wife, and, and we had texts on, and just really cool. So If CK was so shit. live, I would literally send him some horns. Like so send him that him way he had him. Yeah. yeah, that would have been awesome. That's true. That would have been cool. Just get a whole goat head and send it to him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the smell. Here's some brown sugar pop tarts from Clover Valley. Hey, for, look, man, we're making you, you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> 
All right, so I got the horns, guys, and that means I picked a band, and this time it is Schizophrenia. I love those guys. Uh, They are from Belgium. Now, I found out about this band doing an interview, ironically, with the same band we mentioned in our bonus episode, Chris, Warfect. They told me when I asked them, what bands are you listening to? One of them he mentioned was Schizophrenia. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I've never heard of them before. So I Googled it. And of course, you know, you got to sift through the the non-metal stuff, you know, the to metal find health. find the actual and metal that yeah. you want to hear. Yeah. So I stumbled on, you know, how to get a hold of them. And uh, anyway, they are just really cool. So it was one of those cool finds that I heard about through a, an interview we did. And these guys are from Belgium. Uh, they are currently unsigned, which amazes me. Uh, they have had offers, but none that they felt that they wanted to take. So good for them. I know it's easy for bands to fall prey to that and sign deals that really fuck them up. So that's cool that they're being cautious. Um, so these guys are DIY in it like a motherfucker. Like a bastard, dude. Yeah. The current lineup is uh, Ricky on bass and vocals. Uh, Romeo and Marty on guitars, both doing leads and rhythms. And then Lorenzo on drums. All these guys are class act uh, musicians. At each of their individual instruments, absolutely just crush it. Uh, these guys, the drummer, Lorenzo's in a few different bands. He's also in um, another band. And I'm, the, the name is escaping me for the second. But it's the 666 Goats carry my oh, chariot yeah. oh fuck yeah. Dude. Uh, butcher yeah, yeah i think it's butcher uh those guys are fucking sick anyway lorenzo's an incredible drummer but these guys are so talented uh they actually started out in 2010 as a band hammerhead but then changed their name to schizophrenia in 2016 uh they released their first ep called voices in 2020 and it got a lot of really good reviews. A lot of people really dug it. I think it's fantastic. It's a little more death metal than the first full length, which is called Recollections of the Insane. And that just came out in February, right out on your birthday, Chris, on That's, the 17th. I do remember that coming out on my birthday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are some hints of thrash on the new one that I think are a little different than the EP. But overall, they're very similar. Um, and I really like them. Uh, both releases. And as I mentioned, I did an interview with three of them. Uh, it was Ricky, Romeo, and Marty. Uh, they were really fun. We had a good interview. The whole interview will be posted as a bonus episode the day after this one comes out on Friday. And also... And the video of the interview yeah. will be on our YouTube channel. Fuck Check that YouTube out. Subscribe. Go, like. Yeah. I mean, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. you catch all that right when it comes out. Uh, these guys are super cool guys, a uh, great band. If you dig death and thrash metal kind of combined into a wall of fucking brutalness. Um, I hear a lot of influences when I listen to them. I hear death, morbid angel, creator, uh, demolition hammer. I know they like demolition hammer a lot. Yeah. Uh, Sepultura, old stuff. So these guys have a lot of really good 
pedigree that they're influenced by. I was thinking there's kind of like a, a little, it's not really a trend, but like, okay, Schizophrenia, that's the name of a Sepultura album. Fucking name your band after that, possibly. Uh, you got Bonded by Blood, who's a band who loved Exodus, named their band that, and Bonded. they're really good right, also. Right. And then you got Evil Invaders, who's a fucking uh, Razor album, and fucking a band called Evil Invaders that's badass. So, man, at, at first I was like, it's kind of weird, you know, but them bands always do it good. Yeah, I mean, that's cool to, yeah. to be that influenced Even in the me. death metal uh, scene, there's a band that I fucking really did called Vomit the Soul, which, of course, is a Cannibal Corpse song. Right, right. 100% yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Is that even, uh, like, Created to Kill, wasn't that? Right, Created yeah. to Kill, our buddies. That yeah. was actually Cannibal Corpse's first, like, Alb- demo or whatever. Some like, shit like that. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. If you're interested, go check out the band Schizophrenia. But for now, I'm going to play you this six-minute clip from the interview I did with them. This is the fun part where I ask them who should be trampled <laughs> in a mosh pit at your show. Or if you had to decide on one of the three uh, getting run over in a Schizophrenia mosh pit, would it be Justin Bieber... Nickelback or Kim Kardashian? <laughs> what, what do you think, Ricky? I mean, um, Nickelback, Justin Bieber, or Kim Kardashian getting just run down in a schizophrenia mosh pit? Um, I think <laughs> Justin Bieber. I don't know. Justin Bieber, Marty. What <laughs> yeah, about you, man? Probably. What of yeah, those three? Bieber. I mean, he seems. He seems like the most douchey of them all, so I don't know. <laughs> right. yeah, I, I think I'd have to go for him. Nice. You know, one. Romeo, what about you? Well, just one. Just one. Just what do you one. think? Uh, well, I hate all of them, but I would. <laughs> then I'll just go with Kim Kardashian. Nice. <laughs> I've been asking this question, trying to mix it up. I, it was a Canadian band, and it was Bieber, Nickelback. I'm like, oh, shit, they're both Canadians. So I threw, so I threw in Fred Durst. Figured like whatever, and uh, he picked Fred. Or no, I picked David Draymond, and he he picked David Draymond. So I just like to ask a little funny question here and there. I mean, uh, but also Nickelback, they deserve it too, you know. They do, man. <laughs> they totally do, man. That shit is just awful. I hate it. I really do. I really genuinely do. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, Ricky, are there any tour plans for you guys this year? And maybe is there anything in the works to eventually get over here to the U.S.? Oh, man, we'd love that. But <laughs> uh, we have no plans uh, to come to the U.S. yet. Um, I think it's also because of the, uh, the uncertainties of the situation with the pandemic you know right right it's, well it's if you been, ever play been... in chicago i'm about two hours south you can stay here oh uh, cool i'll cook you up i'm italian ricky i mean i saw that you were from <laughs> italy so i got yeah uh, uh, altieri cool, right? is my name so yeah. i mean I, I can cook that's so, what i thought <laughs> so i i will cook you up some italian food it might not be up to par but i'll do my very best that's great yeah that would be awesome if you guys could ever get here but i know with the pandemic and how expensive it is to travel it's it's yeah i mean it's it's uh, it's, uh tough to um, to organize uh shows in in europe too right now you know so like yeah uh, i think i think there's a little bit of um uh, we we need to wait a little bit still but we'll get there at some point we're getting there seeing a lot more tours 
coming up yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool, really cool so we just, we just got a tour canceled i mean we were supposed to be on tour right now but oh okay our tour was canceled uh a month and a half ago okay um and we might have another tour option for the for the end of the year like somewhere around october i guess but okay. that's still not confirmed yet so gotcha we'll see Okay. Meanwhile, we're going to play quite a lot of shows and festivals uh, from now until the end of the year in Europe. That's cool. That's cool. Well, that's now, good news. Yeah, Marty, if you had to pick two bands to headline a tour where schizophrenia would be the support, what two bands would you pick? It's a, it's a really tough question. Um, uh Yeah, it's hard because there is. I have some ideas, but they. I mean, they're right. either not playing anymore, or the uh, some members have died. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's hard. Um, if like choosing from bands that are still playing now, um, like within kind of our genre or scene, it would be cool. Like Morbid Angel and Demolition Hammer or something would be nice. would be really cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, if I can just go wild and pick anything, uh, yeah, I'd have to say Judas Priest or something, you know? <laughs> right, right. I would say Cannibal Corpse and Misery Index would be badass. Yeah, Cannibal uh, Corpse sure. uh, seems, they seem like super cool guys. Yeah, I played, uh, my with, band uh, played watched, with them uh, once and they were super nice to us, real cool. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah I watched some friendly. Uh, documentary of them like on tour and they look like a lot of fun so yes. yeah that would be cool to tour with as well that's cool that's cool yeah that would be a good tour for sure um now romeo uh the songwriting process i know you talked about that but is there a what's the split on the new on the new album i mean you guys all write each of the songs so there's not one song for any one individual that you wrote more of it than the others or are you guys all writing as a unit like you mentioned before um most of the time we all write as like a, a full unit got you but uh well they're, they're, i mean some songs have a bit more like my riffs or marty has songs where he has more riffs like there's even some some riffs that ricky even wrote that's cool uh or like came up with so but most of the time it's a unit so we that's uh, cool. i don't know it just it just comes uh naturally or something i would say you know we right there is not really we we just write like if i'm at home and i I'm, I'm just writing stuff then i'll i'll send some files to marty or something and then he can check it out and once we come together we work it out a bit more and you know if it's good it's good if it's bad it's just bad you know right like, right you got anything you know, cooking for a nut for the next one do you guys stay ahead of the writing or are you trying to catch oh, we, your breath after this album's just come out uh actually we had we had a lot of material for uh for this album like a lot of stuff didn't make it on the album as well uh, i was hoping you were gonna um, say that all right so cool guys a lot of fun yeah. uh some interesting stuff but i love that question because uh, it always surprises the bands <laughs> about who would get trampled in a mosh pit uh, so that's a lot of fun all right well so 
go check those guys out. Schizophrenia. I'll link yeah, to them yeah. in the episode description. Now, Joey, you got a lost classic for us tonight. I do got a lost classic, and it's funny because we talk about. I've said this before, but we call it a lost classic. But now I'm going to fucking talk about a masterpiece album, so it's not forgotten or anything like that. But it's just something that's yeah, a but, but at the same time, you know, you might not hear people talk about it for a while. So uh, the one I'm going to bring up today is what's in my car right now. I've been jamming it for a couple days. Malevolent Creation, The Ten Commandments. That fucking That's album. That's brutal, dude. Yeah. That is dude. like hands down one of the best fucking pieces of fucking death metal to ever get recorded, in my opinion. Dude, that's fucking crazy because that those guys have been like in my head for a fucking whole fucking metal segment. See? I haven't listened to them for a while. I yeah. need to go back and check it out. But yeah, no, that Ten Commandments, like I, I'll fucking link it in the fucking uh, Facebook or the Murder Metal Man Facebook group if you guys are listening like I've been doing. But if you don't know that album, check it out. Yeah, that's fucking sick. I know those guys were in heavy core. I don't remember who it was in the band I was dealing with, but right. they were really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, definitely one of the sick. They might have been on one of the comps, too, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah, I, I think they were on the fucking first one. Uh, you might be right. You might be right. All right, so what? Uh, what's everybody been listening to, uh, Chris? What about you, man? I have been listening to all kinds of things, but I started listening to some Pantera on a ship. I can't remember exactly what day it was. It was like, I just got on this Pantera kick because the fucking uh, homie, Justin Morris, he sent me this link to this like kind of country song called uh black tooth grin. Yeah. He sent me that. Did he send it yeah, to you too? Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it's like, it's a badass song and I listen to more of their shit and I like it. Cause I'm into that shit. But like the songs just, awesome and then the whole chorus is just different uh pantera album titles or song titles they make a whole chorus out of just pantera song titles oh and okay. it works and it's fucking awesome dude that's pretty so cool. yeah and, uh, i listened to that song i was like now i just want to fucking hear pantera Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's cool so, yeah but oh and the the, the group is called uh whiskey dick Whiskey so, yeah. Dick, all right. But Very yeah, Pantera, cool. Whiskey Dick, and then just whatever I just randomly put on yeah. at any given time. That's cool. Joey, what about you, man? Uh, ben, I was listening to some Cypress Hill because it's about to be 420, so you got to listen to a little bit of that. And I was listening to Black Sabbath, and fucking, it's a good time to jam Sweet Leaf, so oh, fuck yeah. go jam that. Old school Sabbath, I mean, there. you can't never go wrong no. with Sabbath, in my opinion. Uh, I've also been listening to fucking Coat Hanger Abortion. Yes, yeah, um, those guys are so good. Yep, the homies from fucking Tennessee. Uh, and I've been listening to the fucking unreleased album by the band Sigil, from Poland. How is that shit, dude? Yeah, that shit's fucking nasty. And it's uh, uh, Floor's in that band, which he's in the band Corpse, and he also does Carnifloor. Uh, he runs Gold Chain Studios. Like, he does all their mixing for some of the baddest ass shit out there. But Sigil, that's coming out on Comatose Records, and I'm going to be uh, doing the review for that either Sick. tomorrow or the next day. So uh, if you're listening to this and you like the reviews we've been doing, check that out. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I've been listening to is fucking Crotch Ripper came out and fucking put out their fucking, it might be their last full length, but uh, their newest fucking full length. Um, Trolls vs. Lizards and Dude. We, we got the we fucking got, poster up in the studio. Yeah, Riz me a song and send that here. to me. I want to put that on the next uh, show. Oh hell yeah. No, yeah, we'll definitely do something. that. 
So yeah, Crotch right. Ripper, but they got their oh, new yeah. album. Check that out. And I did a, I did an interview with fucking Alex from Crotch Ripper. Yes, which we're gonna do that. I'm, I'm doing Lividity on my next one, but then after awesome. that's gonna be the Crotch Ripper one. So. Awesome, awesome. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention, Joey? No, I've been going off on a death binge. I've been going crazy listening to, um, mostly symbolic and individual thought patterns. Some on um, leprosy, yeah. and some um, the uh, sound of perseverance. Just unbelievable musicianship. That dude surrounded himself with the best of the best, just unfucking believable musicians yeah. on those albums. Um, another band I've been checking out, Joey, I mentioned this to you, I think, on a break, a band from Texas called Steel Bearing Hand. Oh, shit. And the album is called Slay in Hell. Those dudes <laughs> are fucking wicked, yeah, I'm have man. To check that out. Say Steel Bearing Hand. Steel Bearing Hand, yeah. All right. Go check that out. The uh, the album, I think it's the only one I saw streaming called Slay in Hell. It's fucking wicked. Uh, Schizophrenia, I've been jamming them too just because, you know, I did the feature and just had them on my mind. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's what I've been digging. Now, I am a fan of Decapitated, the band. I love their old stuff. I like the newer stuff with the newer singer. But they did a song, uh, they got a song coming up on this new album, and they did a duet, I guess you would say, with the chick from Ginger. Yeah. And to me, first of all, I don't like the song at all. Like, I don't, even their, like, his parts I don't like. I just don't like the song, but I really don't like a singer-singer female singing. I haven't listened to the song. So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but holy shit, the backlash on fucking commenters are like decapitated, RIP, just canceled by advanced order. Like, right. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? Like, what is this? Like, what kills me about it is you're in a band called Decapitated. I mean, you got to fucking bring that shit to call yourself decapitated. (laughs) You know what I mean? Heavy as fuck. So in their old ways, they brought it. Like they're also amazing musicians, but just absolutely fucking killing it. You know, I like the first singer, probably the best of all of them. The second one, the guy that was hurt in the wreck, he was good too. And I like the guy that sings with them now. I just don't like this whole trying to cross over shit i just don't get it do a side project do a solo project do something different but do whatever you want a band that everybody's expecting and yeah. make it something that it's not right i mean the band is called decapitated it needs to be ripping fucking heads off or it, or it should be called <laughs> something else <laughs> all right i love it uh, bands we've mentioned this before if you're in a metal band and you want us to check your band out Get a hold of me at Pete at MurderMetalMayhem.com. There is no guarantee we're going to play it or that we'll do a review of it. But if we dig it, we will. And we'll uh, let it, let you know. So you can send that to us that way. Or you could do it old school. Send it to Murder Metal Mayhem. P.O. Box 554 Hayworth, Illinois 61745. And you want to throw in some stickers and shit like that. That's cool. We'll Pop throw them tarts. on the table. So, 
Pop tarts, right? Pop tarts, whatever you got. All right. All right, Chris, uh, is it you that has the horns next? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So you have any idea? I am going to do uh, Imperial Triumphant. Okay. That's who I got next week. All right. Fuck yeah. It is definitely different. I like it. I don't know who else does, but I like it. (laughs) I don't know anything about it. What, What kind of metal is it? Is it something to like dog fashion uh, disco or avant- something I mean, crazy? Avant-garde black metal with jazz. Okay. All right. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's technical. Tec- it's, yeah, metal, it's technical. It's metal, though. Okay. Yeah, All it's right. technical, but it's fucking. All right. Well, I'm always interested to hear where are they from? Do you know? New York. New York. Okay. Well, that should be interesting because I don't know anything about them. So learn something new. All right, our 666 Club is a way you guys can support what we do. We get some new people. We want to say thank you to those that are already members of that club. You can uh, hear that Manson Family episode we did, the bonus stuff, uh, full-blown interviews, all of it. So it's a good thing. Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem, and I also link to that in the episode description. Just three bucks a month is all you need to pledge, and then this way it helps us pay some bills here. So we appreciate that. All right, well, we have done plenty of metal tonight. So, Chris, what the fuck do we need to do? We need to get our mayhem on. Don't kill people over me. Are you tired of beating your meat to the same old videos on Pornhub? Well, come on and take a trip with the sick ripper and rides and find out what love is really about in the back of my filthy rape van. My girlfriend and I took a ride on sick ripper van rides, and it was awesome. She got chained up and raped in the back of the van while I ate McDonald's in the passenger seat. <laughs> Sick Ripper even shot some video for us to have a lasting memory all day. Thanks. Sick Ripper! Yeah, take a ride in white trash style with Sick Ripper Van Rides! Smoke some crack with the girls, a Hawthorne, a Stranglewood with me. We'll plant that bitch in my special garden. Fuck yeah! It was so wonderful. Hunting a dead prostitute in Sick River's garden. It felt so good to recycle. Let the life cycle of life spread its wings. Yay! Whoo! Just open up your window and scream out, Sick Ripper! Today and I'll be there to pick you 
colorful ride you'll never forget. Oh, oh my god. god. Sick ripper. So good. Wow. That was fucking ridiculous. Holy shit, that's one wow. of the best ones in a while. That I love that's it. a new one we just did. Uh, Joey, of course, being the sick <laughs> oh, ripper. Fucking shit. I was one caller, and your brother Michael was yeah. the second yeah. caller. There, that was kind of special. That was fucking. He, he, he took us totally by surprise. Yeah. That was great. So that was a lot of fun. He oh, said fun. that he said that you went low with it, so he had to go high with it. He <laughs> yeah. said he was going to go low, then you did it. He was then like, you, all right, I'll like, do well, it. Fuck, I'll do something awesome. different. Hell yeah! Shout and I tried. To come up with some cheesy instrumental, like yeah. metal, like just lame I think metal. It was perfect. No, it was so I awesome. thought that would kind of go with it. It was funny coming out of the schizophrenia because, like, I was jamming that, yeah, and all of a sudden it goes into the cheesy shit. Juxtaposition. Yeah, it was that much more lame. <laughs> it was bad after how badass schizophrenia was. Hell yeah! And that was the song uh, "Structure of Death" from Fuck the EP. Yeah. That's not even the new shit. So go check those guys out. All right, um, so uh, we got some mayhem. All three of us actually, I'm, a little mayhem. I'm proud time. of this personally because mayhem's like the area that gets fucking overlooked sometimes. Right? Because we're like, ah, yeah. whatever. But this time, you guys get to hear something from all three of us. Yeah, yeah. I got a little. Story. And on our four year anniversary, exactly. That's kind of and it's four twenty. That's right. Chris, tell us your shit. All right, like I said, like in a way, this. The story, the murder story we did made me think of this because of the fucking vigilante justice. Yeah. So like, uh, so states bought this car from this dude, gave him money for it and everything this one time fucking. And, uh, dude never gave her the car. Yeah. So like there was a bunch of us, we're just hanging out and we get this call from this dude. Like, Hey dude's at this bar right now. Fucking, what do you want to do? So me, Michael, like four or five other dudes, just like, let's go to the fucking bar, dude. So we just all roll up into the bar and like, he was there. We fucking like, hey, motherfucker, what's up? Where's the fucking car? He's like, eh, whatever. Talk. He didn't say nothing. So we drug him out of the bar, fucking took his wallet out, took his ID. He was like, now get the fucking car. Or you're not coming back. Next thing you know, the cops are fucking at the house. They're like, look, we're not trying. He's not trying to press charges, none. Just wants his ID. He'll fucking take care of everything. But everything got dealt with, but it was just fucked up because in my head, it's like, we kind of did some shit like that. Like, we yeah. just like ganged up like right. five, six deep, walked into the bar, drugged <laughs> this dude out. Like, in the hindsight, it's like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, dude. That's yeah. a bad idea. But it worked Shit, out that It time. worked out, though. It so there sometimes. it is. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it could have gone it south. Sometimes it doesn't. It could have went real bad. could have gone <laughs> south, for sure. Fuck yeah. Joey, what right. about you? Uh, so my mayhem story is kind of fucking, it came from uh, whenever we was hanging out with Bonesaw, and he was kind of helping me remember this shit, but... Um, Back whenever I, if y'all don't know Bonesaw, our friend Greg, who's from Murder Complex, obviously they were on the show, fucking, I was in a band with him a long time ago, back in fucking, goddamn Chainsaw. Yeah, Chainsaw Homicide, and uh, <clears throat> we played a show, this must have been fucking, I want to say this was probably like 2005, uh, in June, at the McKinley Foundation in fucking Champaign, so... On this bill, so like this show is Cemetery Rapist, Chainsaw Homicide, Dr. Satan, Roberta Sparrow, and Zero Base. So, like, even with the names alone, like, I mean, what the fuck do you expect? Right. And we show up to this place, and the fucking 
it is straight edge as fuck. All these motherfuckers are super straight edge that oh, fucking boy. run the foundation and shit. Right, right. And I mean, this is whenever I first started hanging out with Clay and shit. And dude, back in these days, like I can hold my own with the Shawback Nation as far as what I used to drink back then. I was fucking out of control and ridiculous too. And fucking uh, Greg was talking about, you know, we show up to fucking this place. We slammed a half gallon of Kessler's and a 30 pack of ice house that we had hidden in these fucking McDonald's cups. Cause we show up and we find out you can't drink. And all these dudes are straight ass. We're like, fuck. So we all got these big ass McDonald's cups. Dude, we're drinking Kessler. Dude, we are fucking wasted. (laughs) We go up in there and I, I remember fucking, I mean, this is my bad too, but this is my bad. (laughs) But, uh, uh, I back then like this is whenever I was first fucking playing in bands like I didn't even I was I was doing Gormonger a little bit but basically like I was just playing bass playing. in bands. I was young, I was just learning to be in the scene. Sometimes it was a little more about like partying and having a good right. time than fucking music being professional. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn some of that shit. You're excited like right. you're doing the shit, you're with some other bands, you know. Right. And fucking uh Oh, and, and a side note on this fucking on this night, this dude Doctor Satan was the fucking most. He was the lamest motherfucker in the world, and Clay like had a connection with him because they were both one man. So like he would talk to him a little bit. I think he was from Indiana. I'm pretty positive on that. And fucking this dude was just the lamest, and he showed up in like this fucking. He would show up in an apron that was like blood splattered and. He was just, and he had this mask. He was just really kind of goofy, and his music wasn't that great. So the two combined, you know, made him kind of right. laughable. But right. he was like, at this show, I remember he like was like one of the first ones to play, and he's like, "I want to thank you guys for coming out and keeping the scene alive." And like me and Clay have fucking <laughs> said that since that day. we still say that to each other, fucking just laughing at this dude. But anyway, so as the night progresses, we're fucking wasted, fucking like. The Chainsaw Homicide dudes get wasted. Like, we were fucking retarded. And fucking, I had this 32-ounce cup of Kessler's and Coke, and I fucking spilled it on the fucking PA board. Oh, and shit. Dude, these motherfuckers were pissed, and I'm fucking drunk, and I was like, fuck you, that ain't shit. I'm like, these motherfuckers are meant to have beers on me. I'm drunk, you know? Dude, they were fucking pissed, and, and at that time, whenever fucking it spilled, so then they could smell the whiskey, they knew what the fuck was going on, and oh, fucking... They uh the, during the last bands whenever they figured it out, but they fucking told us don't ever come back there. Right. Like but. I, I don't want to be here right now <laughs> yeah. anyway, dude. But no, when I was in Chainsaw Homicide, I only played a handful of shows, but almost every one of them we were like never allowed back or nice, nice, fucking stupid. So okay. Pete, what's your fucking contribution to Mayhem? Well, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I thought uh, I thought maybe part of it I had mentioned one time in a, in a mayhem story, but nonetheless, it's funny. Uh, the company that I work for during the day and do murder metal mayhem at night, but uh, uh, during the day back at this time, this would have been like the, uh, about 95. Um, yeah. Murder metal mayhem was not a thing. No, not a thing. Uh, low 12 was not even a thing back then. I had just got out of the army and I was doing uh, building inspections before they tear them down. So we got sent to Danville, which is a you know decent size. I don't know, 50,000 people, maybe, uh, maybe not even that big, but nonetheless, it's a pretty decent sized city. It's ghetto as fuck, but it's got a lot of bad parts. It's yeah. it's had a lot of businesses leave. I mean, it's kind of the typical story of you know a town that was at one time very thriving that's really gone downhill. 
Um, it's sad. There's a big VA hospital there, which is which is a big source of the economy. It's a bigger Pontiac. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably bigger. That's than pretty uh, accurate, right there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah so uh, you know we we were sent to this old housing authority called Carver Park and it sat down in a valley. So it was the middle of February, so it was really fucking cold out. It was just me and this other guy who was about 10, 15, I would say about 15 years older than me. So I was in my mid-20s. He would have been about 40. Yeah. He heard that we're going to the bad part of town, so he brings a fucking gun with him, okay? A loaded fucking Fuck thirty eight. shooting motherfuckers. So he's got this fucking gun with him. So I'm a little nervous because, you know, having just gotten out of the Army, you know, you're pretty up on, like, gun safety. Yeah, right, right. Like, being fucking careful with do. people, like, doing shit, you know? And so I was a little concerned. So anyway, I remember I had my uh, Army uh, winter coat on. Uh, so we're going through this housing project of multiple buildings. I mean, hundreds of apartments. And these things were fucking disgusting. I mean, garbage up to your knees, having to walk through this stuff. Rats. I mean, it was like pretty a, gnarly. It's like a hoarder's house where the hoarder decided to go hoard somewhere else. Yeah, well, they were vacant for a while. What right. happened was the, the there was so much crime in this project. Um, they were having a roof done. And one of the buildings and a roofer got there early and sat on the edge of the roof drinking his coffee. And one of the residents reached up and pulled the guy off the roof and killed him. Oh, sure. And that was like the final Wait, straw. Is that real? Yeah. They were like, okay, you're done. So that's when they closed them down. But they had been, you know, gangs were in them. I mean, we were going through these apartments. Some of them, you could tell people were actively staying there. Yeah. There were like beds made, like newspapers. You could smell cigarette smoke in some of them. That was scary because you had no fucking idea what you were walking into and hope that you wouldn't walk into like where somebody's keeping some money or some drugs because that would be really fucking bad. So it was on fucking edge the whole fucking time. My boss got us these two-way radios because back then there were no cell phones or anything. So, because he was worried, he had heard it was bad, but he didn't know it was as bad. I mean, some of these apartments, I remember being in one where in big red letters on the wall, it had kill Whitey. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a good fucking situation. This is not where I want to be right no. now. And there was a cop that would come down there about every hour and he would laugh at us and say, you guys are fucking crazy. I'm not even getting out of my car, you know, like no way. This is a dangerous fucking place. You guys need to be really careful. So it was cool that he came and checked on us. So anyway, we're doing this shit. I was there for a whole week, froze my fucking ass off. It sucked. Where it's Friday and we've got like six more apartments to do and we're done. So I get to like the third to the last one and open the door and there's this fucking crazed ass fucking drug addict in there. Half out of his fucking mind. And I'm standing in the doorway, and he comes fucking running at me full fucking force. I'm gonna get you, motherfucker! And doesn't say a fucking word, just lowers his head and fucking comes at me. I drop my shit and I square off, and he fucking hit me hard. I mean, harder than I thought he was because he was a little dude. And he knocked me and him all the way back to the railing. We were on the third floor. So I had my back to the railing, I mean, ready to go right off the fucking side on the pavement. I mean, I would have been yeah. dead. But that Luckily motherfucker would have gone dude. down with me, I can tell you hey, that. grab his ass, pull him with you. So I had him up in the air, 
above my head with my back up against this fucking railing, thankfully able to fucking throw him back. And we went at it, punching each other up on this uh, fucking balcony. Then I was fucking sick of his bullshit. So he was down on the ground. I grabbed him by the back of the collar and his belt and just threw him down a fucking flight of stairs. Well, three flights of stairs. And he fucking (laughs) rolls down these stairs like rough. I mean, like body flailing like i i thought he was dead and he got to the bottom of the stairs and just laid there and i was like oh my god i think i just killed this motherfucker you know (laughs) but what the fuck was i supposed to do you know so right then this fucking cop comes pulling in and i like wave him like dude you know come over here and he pulls up and lowers his window and he's like what the fuck did you do now you know i'm like i don't know i think i might have killed this guy and he's like what you know (laughs) And I told him what happened, and he's like, God damn it, you know. And then he gets up out of the car, and then the guy kind of groans, and, you know, so he calls an ambulance for him. They got him out of there. But he had taken a report from me to make sure in case this guy right, came back, case, comes back and, and said, so hey, like, he attacked me, and this is this guy hurt me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was a good idea. And I remember calling my office, and they're like, what? You know. It's like, yeah, so, I almost killed a dude. That's but what happened. How was your f- day at work, honey? Oh, dude, I almost killed a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real be this the time. the first time I had to call the office that day. Right. <laughs> I'm not done yet. So, so the guy leaves in the ambulance. Me and the other guy were like, God damn, that was fucked up, you know? So he's like, we just got three more of these to do, and we're fucking done, you know? So we're one, two, get to the third one. Okay, I told you, all the doors were shut. Because the glass is broken and the wind would blow all the doors shut. So even if you opened them all up, it would blow them shut. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So we get to the last (laughs) door. Okay. Now, earlier in the week, I got cornered in a kitchen by these like three or four fucking hungry looking fucking dogs. It was pretty scary. I had to jump up on the counter and I radioed him to come get me or to come scare the out. dogs. Yeah, yeah, like, this motherfucker no, you come comes in with that thirty-eight. Woo! And fucking shooting that fucking shit off like he's like Saddam Hussein or <laughs> some crazy ass motherfucker. Cowboy shoot. back in the old west, like yo, bro. So the dogs fucking run off, you know. But I'm like, God damn, are you fucking out of your mind? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so flash forward, we're on the last apartment, okay. So he starts like doing this little dance, standing there on this fucking balcony. And he's like, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Get the fuck what out you gonna of here. do? And he goes fucking running back to the ba- to the uh edge of the balcony where I was and runs at the fucking door full force because he wanted to kick the door in. And he kicked the fucking door. Well, a lot of times I had run into this. <laughs> That these motherfuckers barricade the oh, door yeah. with yeah. like dressers and yeah. shit so you can't get in. Right. It'll fuck your shit up. Yeah. So he jumps up to fucking kick the door and it don't fucking budge an inch. <laughs> Blew his knee completely <laughs> fucking out. Hey, so by the way, homeboy's here, fucked his shit up. Yeah, so I had to wait because he's screaming <laughs> on the fucking floor. Like yeah. I didn't know what to yeah. do, you know. He's like my guy, like he's the boss. Yeah. Like he not 
he was like my supervisor. Yeah, no, like I'm the young saying. dude trying to learn how to do this shit from this older guy. <laughs> he's over here ninja kicking. He's doors. over here swinging a fucking gun over his head, singing the fucking cop yeah. song. Seems like the perfect teacher to me. I love it. Kung Fu fucking Fui hits the fucking door and fucking blows his knee out. Yeah. Lands on the fucking balcony, bashes his fucking head so he's like concussed with a fucking blown out knee. Like it was gnarly as fuck. Oh my and God, we're up dude. on the third floor. I mean, like, how am I going to get him down there? You know? So the cop, there he comes around and I wave my arms again. Hey, dude, come here. Check this part and out. And he pulls up and he lowers the window. He's like, I don't even want to ask what the hell you've done now, you know? And I told him I didn't. I left out that he was waving a gun over his head. Right, right. Yeah, leave that. But I out. said my friend up here, he's uh, hurt himself, so you got to call that ambulance <laughs> back and have him come get him because I can't carry him down those stairs. He's in Jesus a lot of pain. Christ. So then I had to call the office again and tell him that you know so and so kicked the door also left out that he was waving a gun over his head and he never fucking got the door open yeah <laughs> i don't even know what it, now that i think of it i don't know whatever happened to the gun like as if he had the gun on him that would have been an issue i'm thinking at the hospital you, you know? think but i don't know that's probably a scraped off like, gun I don't just shot it maybe, maybe they uh, it. maybe they just held it maybe they got a spot they put it at yeah i don't know because people are concealed carry and shit nowadays yeah so but if you then, get fucking brought in an ambulance you might have weapons on you yeah 95 though it's probably a scraped off gun he just shot it right. around a few times <laughs> just tossed it with no prints and it's like i don't know yeah, he might have tossed it in one yeah, of the burner gun exactly i don't know all right, so that's my uh, Carver Park yeah. story. So, All right, well, we uh, always have a little bit of fun, guys. Tonight, we got a damn good one. Killer Cage Match. Yeah. This is where we take a list of 75 killers, 75 objects, and a variable, a list of uh, 15 variables to make it fun. And our listeners provide random numbers on our Facebook page, uh, so they know uh, who we're going to fight in the cage tonight. Let, let me tell you something first. <sighs> What's that? I'm not going to do the cage match with you guys tonight. Because I drove over the 419 over this weekend, and I saw Punky Brooks. Oh, is Punky going to do it? Punky said he's going to come in here, and he's going to do the cage match with y'all. Oh, fuck I, yeah. I, so, I'm going to break... Something I'll tell you too. Whenever I was driving, I was trying to get a picture, but it's hard to get a picture of something you see while you're driving. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but the four one nine, there's an area where their prefix is six six six. So the phone number is four one nine six six six. Oh, dude, I you was like, get one I know. I'm gonna numbers. find out. Where, Are you serious? Where oh, that would be so awesome. And I asked uh, Stephanie about it, and she was like, I think that's businesses like landlines and shit. I was like, that's uh, so fucking hilarious. That would no, be is the that shit. no? We need pictures of that. Dude. Yeah, I'm gonna Come find. It. it was a big sign in a field, like a farmer's field or whatever. Oh, that's. I'm gonna awesome. find it again and dude, fucking get a picture. That's awesome. But anyway, like I said, I went over four one nine. I seen the boy Punky. All right, he's here in the studio. I'm gonna fucking i'm gonna hand him over the microphone i'm gonna step back and let all you guys right. do the cage match all right tonight. get him on the phone awesome chris uh, who are our listeners we want to oh, say yeah. thank once you again to tonight we numbers. have uh, ray 10 gallon hell McFarlane. yeah oh well where that came from Walls. we got the homie gummo wall bacon <laughs> and we got the goddamn shotgun killer <laughs> samantha cram <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right so yeah, so uh, so we've got the 
some good fighting going on here tonight, Joey. Who do we have? Or I'm sorry, Punky. Joey stepped out, Punky. Yeah, Who do we got fighting tonight? Yeah. 419, ho, yeah, what's dude. up? Punky in the house. Oh, this motherfucker again, dude. <laughs> now, before we get into this killer cage, and y'all know I love hey. the killer cage match. Remember, mayhem, y'all represent that shit. Oh, sick. Yeah. But I'm a you little upset right once, now. <laughs> I'm upset. I got a bone to pick with y'all. Y'all do motherfucking murder mountain, marijuana mountain shit. <laughs> you do this. You guys talking 420 and shit. Right now, today, Tuesday, doing the podcast. It's a national holiday, ho. What day right. is it? 419. Oh, hell yeah. National 419 day. You guys ain't support that shit. Ain't repping. You fucked up. You wow. fucked up. So man. I had to make sure I came here. I don't do feet, bro. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I was sitting in my house. House. I was selling some crack. I was hollering Ooh. at this bitch. All of a sudden, I get a text message from one of your Patreon, Justin Morris. <laughs> talking oh, this motherfucker's talking about Murmel Mayhem ain't even got the 419 holiday, national holiday <laughs> in the oh, script. Thanks, so you Justin. better show Jeez. up and tell them. Represent, oh, wow. son. Represent. So, Justin. Anyhow, Appreciate so now that. that I got that off of my, my chest, <laughs> now we do a motherfucking kill a cage match. We got... Big ass motherfucker be eating motherfuckers, Joe Matheny. You know it. And he's gonna go up against some boomer, some old ass <laughs> boomer. boomer. <laughs> be fucking yeah. putting motherfuckers on sticks. Motherfucking Vlad the Impaler. What the fuck? fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that is the old school badass motherfucker. Holy shit, that's a hell of a matchup. And Chris, they got a couple of good uh, objects to fight with. I don't I know. I mean, look. These guys could make this interesting. Like, they got a fucking glass Coke bottle, Ooh, like Coca-Cola. Like an old school. Old one. school glass one. That's not that big, but that bucket of fucking battery acid oh. as a big ass. That's a thing right there. Yeah. Especially with the variable. Yeah. Now, the variable <laughs> is an interesting one, Punky. Did you see the uh, the variable? Man. This, this motherfucker a bitch. This motherfucker a bitch. <laughs> we got Aaron Rodgers wearing a Bears jersey, oh. tripping on acid. Dude, oh, you man. know he's that tripping. That motherfucker got to be on some on. fucking crack cocaine <laughs> to be wearing a Bears jersey. <laughs> and he gonna get his ass in a Bears jersey. Holy shit. Wow. That's on that acid. acid, too, man. Yeah, that's fucked up. All right, so we have Fuck. got a good one tonight. We got Joe Matheny. And Vlad the Impaler fighting in the cage match to death with a glass Coke bottle and a bucket of battery acid. And we got Aaron Rodgers running around in there with a Bears jersey tripping on acid. Holy man, shit. Y'all motherfuckers tripping. That's just tripping. Dude, that's Chris, a shit. Man, y'all weird motherfuckers. <laughs> Chris, what, what, what do you think about this one, man? I mean, this one is crazy, man. That is just a hell of a fight. Right, so like I'm fucking basically going like, all right. So the bucket of battery acid, fucking Rogers, he's already wearing a Bears jersey. He just thinks in his head, more acid. I'm going to get fucking high, dude. So he goes, oh wow, he's done. Fucking goddamn motherfucking Matheny's like, fuck yeah, Vlad's got all these bodies ready for me to cook up and sell to people and make money. But the impaler's like. I'm going to impel your fat ass on this Coca-Cola bottle right here. Oh. So he just comes in with this fucking posse of fucking warriors, just straps him down, shoves the Coke bottle, sticks it in, puts a straw in a bucket of blood, and it's fucking Vlad. 
Vlad for the win. I'm going with Vlad. Okay, I mean that's that's definitely legit. Hold on, before Punky gets in, what you got, Pete? Well, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, like <laughs> Joe Matheny. Shit, motherfucker! What? Joe Matheny liked to cook his victims in his barbecue that he sold at his roadside. Yes, stand. sir. So I'm thinking he sees that battery asset and he thinks that maybe he could cook. Vlad the Impaler in the fucking battery acid, or because Aaron Rodgers is all fucked up, maybe him and Vlad can cook the fucking Aaron Rodgers in the battery acid. But they quickly find out this shit doesn't work. Right. And I'm just thinking that Vlad the Impaler was a bad motherfucker, but I'm thinking he had a lot of grunts doing his work. Matheny is a fucking hoss. Oh, he's a big ass bitch, dude. Just physically, Matheny's gonna fucking handle business. But Punky, what do you think, man? Man, I've been I've been waiting a long time to tell y'all what I think about this <laughs> shit. Been here kill cage match four years. Four years y'all did Murmel, man. That's crazy, dog. <laughs> Anyhow, what well, I think is gonna happen is that motherfucker Joe Matheny, that motherfucker, he hoss for real. And what y'all know about Joe Matheny, he crip. He cripped, though. That no motherfucker, he legit cripped. I didn't know that. <laughs> so wow. he going he gonna to look over the corner. First off, see motherfucker Aaron Rodgers. Now, first off, you know Michael Shawback going to come up in here and do something about Aaron Rodgers if it was really real. Right, but this right, is right. just hypothetical up in here. <laughs> right. So what we talking about, Joe Matheny, he's a bear. He's basically a bear. So he's going to take that battery acid and throw it at that jersey on Rodgers because that's some bullshit-ass religious man. That's false flagging, motherfucker. False. Bam, that's what's up. He's like, oh, you want some more acid, motherfucker? Zip. And he fucking skirt, and he's out. Now, back to the motherfucking fight. Vlad the Impaler is like, oh, okay, I see what's up. You know why they call me Vlad the Impaler? Takes that Coke cold bottle. Bam! Breaks off that end. He got himself a gangster knife. Fuck you yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about, motherfucking yeah, yeah. gangster knife. Right. He takes that knife, and he starts impaling Joe Matheny. starts stabbing him up. But what you don't know is when you shake at Joe Matheny, that motherfucker got fucking layers, <laughs> layers of fat. You can't layers get nowhere, of fat. You bro. can't do nothing. It take a long so Joe Matheny, he's like, that. okay, motherfucker, Fuck watch what I'm going to do, Vlad. Takes him and uses him like a shish kebab and just fucking <laughs> digs him into his teeth. Eats the fuck out of Vlad the Impaler. Joe Matheny's fat ass winning. Crip 419 out. Punky out. Thank you, Murder wow. Man. Fuck yeah. Thanks, Punky. Hey, yo, thanks for hanging fuck out, Punky. Yeah. It's Hell good yeah. to see 419 you. 419 day. Don't forget fucking next blood, year. Baby, blood. Right. That's right. <laughs> fuck yeah. That was awesome. Input from Punky. Fucking Punky. Yeah, Joey, thanks for getting Punky on. Oh, that yeah, was, dude. That thanks for bringing him in, dude. That was great. That was great. <laughs> All right, always have fun with some killer cage bats, that's for sure. Oh my god, dude. All right. Um I showed you guys these new bookmarks I got, uh these deeper than dude, they're bookmarks. Fucking Brian Usual did uh really an amazing job. Uh the ticket. Uh yeah, the bookmark. ticket on the backside. Yeah, but, the yeah. Inferno Lounge well, ticket, which is uh, yeah. part of the story. And the Deeper Than Dead uh, in Flames uh, really looks cool. That's the first part of this multi-step process. I mean, man, pulling this thing together is just unbelievable. But uh, the posters, the large 18 by 24 posters that Brian did are really cool. Um, They are on the way. We're supposed to get them Friday. So... Uh, we got those coming, and then the book proofs should be about the first week of May, and hopefully they look good. We got both sizes. We're going to order 
two for me and two for Brian shipped separate. So he's not waiting on me to send them. And then uh, we're going to hopefully approve it and then can set the release date firmly. But we believe it'll be June 6th. So yeah, hope so. So yeah, I'll have the info on the advanced orders and getting a lot of people, which I appreciate that very much. A lot of people asking about it. So, so we're going to have that for you very, very soon. So it's been a, been an epic journey to get it done. It's just so much work pulling it all together, but everybody that's been a part of it has been amazing from the beta readers, from Sean Ferrugia and Rebecca Boomsock to, um, you know, Brian for killing it on the artwork. And my wife, Jenny's been putting work in on the manuscript, getting it in the right format for Amazon. They're being kind of difficult. So it's been uh, one of those, but I still haven't been it's able to It's a battle, record. dude. It's a battle. I haven't been able to record the audio book yet because the fucking weather is still being too cold right. to be out here with no heater on. So it's getting close. So I'm anxious to get that done and off my plate. Did you hear that? He was getting there. He was getting there. <laughs> so you wouldn't know what to do if you got there. <laughs> All right. We've been talking, too, about our YouTube channel, guys. You Fuck know, yeah. man, you can get on there and subscribe to it, and you'll know when we post content. Uh, Friday at midnight, that video uh, interview I did with Schizophrenia is going to drop yeah. uh, 35 like minutes with the song at the end. And I put together a cool medley of their pictures as the song plays. Uh, that's that's cool. I went on and trying to do some work on those to make them look as good as I can. So, oh, yeah, dude. So, yeah, it's a, those are a lot of a fun to do. slideshow of the band. For, yeah, yeah, while you listen to them. Uh, we play a full song, too, at the end, which I've been doing on all the ones I've been doing. Hell so, yeah. All right. Well, we have done plenty of mayhem tonight. All three of us tore up a good story or two. Fuck so yeah, dude. Let's hit that fucking outro on our four-year anniversary. Rise up within the ranks. Show your respect for the warriors who died in the past. Lost to be offensive, we born to the front line. Until demise, we're brothers intertwined. Fucking brutal, man. Jungle Rat. Jungle Rat. A Call to Arms, which is a new uh, song, a new album coming out of the same name on uh, in May. So really excited to hear that, too. Those guys are fucking brutal as fuck. Very close by up there. And Jimmy's up in Chicago, but the rest of them are in Wisconsin, so... Yeah, go check them out. Torn with yeah. internal bleedings. Torn with them too. So yeah, that's fucking two sick. badass bands plus the all the fucking uh, the other bands are sick too. Oh yeah, uh, bumper music tonight, Joey. We'd play tonight. Jungle Rat, Misery Index, and Schizophrenia. Fuck yeah, Chris. What about that uh, metal segment? That metal intro? segment has always been since the beginning of fucking the great metal motherfucker, Crisis. Hell yeah. And the Murder Metal Mayhem intro by Low Fucking 12. So, uh, thank you to everybody out there that listens. We keep seeing those numbers coming in. Uh, We appreciate everyone that listens. So, tell your friends about it. Thanks for making these four years so much fun. Not a fan of best of type episodes. So, I like it that we just do a regular episode. Yeah, we talk about our shit. We talk about the four year because it's significant, but we, we just love doing the show. And, 
I don't want to miss doing a show just for a best of type thing. So that's, best that's of your how mom's like butthole. <laughs> uh, Chris, we want to say thanks to some listeners and read some comments. So what do we got here? <laughs> Peter Griffith, six, six, six. I love this podcast. I'm a new listener in Denmark. I'm a fan of schizophrenia. I'm glad you guys like them too. So fuck yeah. Thanks yeah, for listening Peter. to schizophrenia fucking kills. Hell yeah. Uh, Joey, what about that second one? Uh, it comes from Dave Kid 6484 and he said, I listen to you guys with my crew hanging drywall every day. Hell we yeah. love it. Crank up that metal and horns from all of us in Mesa, Arizona. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Weather's uh, beautiful over there, Mesa, that's for sure. Unless you're in the middle of the summer and not used to heat like that. Holy shit. That's fucking hot. Uh, Angela Kromsak commented, My husband and I love the podcast. We laugh so hard at all the crazy shit you do. Thanks for that fucked up sense of humor, especially the karaoke song. Karaoke. Thank you, you, Angela. And Chris, what about that last one? Della Peterson says, uh, Peterson's a weird last name, but hails from Germany. You guys rock. I love the podcast. It wouldn't change the damn thing. So thank you, Della. We appreciate that. I got a bonus comment. Yeah. Because it just came in on, on my shit because I posted something on the Mermel Man page and someone oh, commented. Cool. That, like, for real, like, if you guys fucking want to be a little interactive, like, fucking, we'll check that shit. We'll comment on that yeah, shit for oh, real. Oh, sure. But anyway, so I posted a picture of us, you know, with the with the Devil's Harvest poster talking about doing a 420 on Mur- Murder Mountain. Right. And uh, one of our uh, supporters, RB Eyebold, they said, uh, Tomorrow is our annual beginning of the harvest day in Thousand Oaks, California. April 20th, we begin sowing the seeds. Last year's crop was excellent. Hopefully this year will be even better. Good luck to all the growers in Humboldt County as well this season. Fuck yeah. So that's pretty cool, you know what that I'm saying? That is cool. Fucking checked out what we were talking about. I'm sure you'll check out the episode. Hell yeah, very cool. Now I read that shit and you can fucking there you go. hear your fucking A comment. bonus comment. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. bonus. That's high time. Check out MurderMetalMayhem.com <laughs> to listen to all the past episodes. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. Got a lot of exciting things up there and more to come. Just keep putting new content on, so definitely subscribe. Pete said come. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the show on Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, CastBox, uh, iTunes and more. Uh, support the show by joining that 666 club. Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem will get you there. Three bucks a month. Get all sorts of bonus stuff. And uh, bragging rights in the mosh pit. Hey, there you, know, you go. The year 666 club member. Uh, you can go to creationofchaos.com if you want to buy one of my books. The web designer talked to me today. He's ready to start showing me some things. So it's starting to become uh, what I kind of envisioned as this cool website, both for the writing stuff as well as the podcast. So if you're a fan of the show, we're going to have some cool stuff up there. A little bio on each of us. We're going to have a CK page. We're going to have links to all our different social media stuff. Of course, the uh, YouTube so there'll be a lot of cool content on there. And you'll be able to order Murder Metal Mayhem t-shirts, books. Books from your um, fucking writings. Yeah, you'll be able to order my writing stuff if you're interested in that. So we're going to have all sorts of ways you can you know, 
help out and participate and take advantage and of some perks. cool stuff. So we're gonna get some homeless people to do OnlyFans pages. You guys, Dude, can... you guys are gonna you're not gonna be able to wait to see this. <laughs> They'll be like, "What?" <laughs> All right. Well, you can't. We can't let them go without hearing a karaoke song. This is a blast from the past. So crank this one up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. Just keep enjoying your weed without killing people. Man. Man. <laughs> Listen to your lies, what you say I'm a man without conviction I'm a man who doesn't know How to sell a contradiction You come and go, you come and go Come and come and come and come and come and come Colors are like my dreams Red, gold, and green Red, gold, and green Did you hear your words every day? Yeah, you used to be so sweet I heard you say That my love was an addiction When we cling, our love is strong when you go, you're gone forever You string along, you string along Come and come and come and come and come and come and You come and go, you come and go Love of the busy and your colors are like my dreams Red, gold and green Every day is like survival You're my lover, not my rival Every day is like survival You're my lover, not my rival Come on, come on, come on.